When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are you now, are now listening, listening to What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. Joining me, as always, every Wednesday, Auburn Memes, Brandy Mac. Guys, before we get started, quick word from our sponsors. Treat your boys. Chill Boys Underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close. Uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. All right, guys. Recruiting. We're seeing recruits commit. Auburn picked up a big recruit in state, Jeremiah Cobb, four-star running back. But they also had um, a soft verbal get scooped up by Florida State today. There's been much buzz on social media about recruiting, about whether this staff can recruit. Memes, you've been real active on Twitter. Today, I just want to spend the whole time talking about why we should or should not be freaking out about recruiting in July the year before. So um, I want to start with with Auburn memes. Check them out on Twitter, at Auburn memes, always dropping the fire memes. You know, what, what are your feelings about recruiting at this point? Everybody's been on edge, especially all the Auburn people lately. And everything is just – everybody's hypersensitive to everything. We get a good commit. The world is – our oysters, how he say that? Oyster, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Uh, then if something bad happens, like today, the whole Falk situation didn't exactly go people's way. It's over. Hashtag fire everybody. And it is July. It is not even, it is early July. I mean, people act like this is early signing day and all this stuff's going down. It is just, there's a new landscape. Everything is changing in college football. Recruiting is no different than that. And I think so many people are just kind of comparing it to how it used to be. There's just a lot of differences here, and things are going to change. There's a lot of guys who have committed, but there's also a lot of guys that haven't. There's guys, there's teams that are going to reposition their rooms a little bit and say, hey, we don't really have room for you. You might want to go look somewhere else. And the next thing you know, that guy's back on the market. There's going to be tons of shuffling. There's JUCO guys. There's transfers. But Auburn also has four really good guys they can count on, and there's still a lot of good outlook for some other guys coming in as well. So uh, the big narrative is definitely – the amount of talent that's in the state of Alabama that a lot of fans just don't really feel like Auburn has capitalized on probably conversation for another podcast another day, but overall it's July. Don't freak out. There's still plenty of time to turn this into a really strong, well-balanced class that unlike recruiting classes of the past, that's hopefully very well evaluated and will actually pan out and develop. Yeah, Brandy, let's talk about that. Let's talk about this best class ever in the history of Alabama. Uh, This year, 
the state of Alabama is very talent rich in the recruiting cycle. So Jeremiah Cobb was a big pickup. But uh, we confirmed Keldrick Falk was kind of a soft commit. He it was not. It's like like Meme said, it's July. So nobody has signed with anybody in July. <laughs> it's just here's where I intend to go. A lot can happen between now and December, which is the first signing day. You know, what what do you think about, uh, you know, uh, in-state recruiting and, and how this staff needs to recruit the state? Yeah, I, you know, I think that they should continue to go hard at the state's best talent. Um, that's something the previous coaching staff um didn't necessarily succeed at and that was recruiting in-state if we can win the in-state recruiting battles then this coaching staff on the recruiting trail I would consider them to be successful and with Falk I think that recruiting him it's not over like yes he did commit to Florida State and that's okay but there's a lot of season left and he hasn't signed on the dotted line yet at Florida State so that doesn't mean he's actually going there yes he he did commit there but I think if Auburn can perform well on the field and continue recruiting him, even though he is a commit to Florida State, I think that there still is a chance that we can get him. Yeah, it's not over. Recruiting is not over. And there are going to be a lot of kids changing their minds. Guys, it's like Vegas. There are a lot of kids making decisions that they're going to regret <laughs> in a few and months. Hey, Florida State's some bums, right? They are bums. They are bums. bums they are bums. the they, right next to their, uh, the, the word in the dictionary. A picture the of the bums State Seminoles. Bums lose commitments throughout a bad season. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, just saying. Uh, but here, here's the beauty of the NIL rules, because we don't know why this kid flipped his commitment. Uh, uh, NIL offers cannot be contingent upon um, participation at any university. So uh, kids can get out of NIL deals very, very easily. You're not locked into any commitment. So taking money from somebody in that community does not mean that you have to go to that school. And a lot can happen. No kid's getting any dollar until he gets there anyway. So a lot can still happen. Now, Auburn is working on uh, an upgrade based on some changes to the rules to their NIL program. So hopefully that will make a difference in recruiting between now and December. But the point that I made, I saw your your post memes, the poll, you posted a poll on Twitter about this season. And I want to tie this season's results into what it will mean for recruiting. Brandy, I want to hear your thoughts on this too. Uh, Memes, you posted. uh, Poll. Yeah, X X will happen to Harson if he goes seven and five. You know what will be the result? And we just don't I know really what people feel, thought about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think seven and five. You can have God. I don't want to sound like this, but given that we're in a rebuild, I think you can show improvement at seven and five as long as we don't have the same issues that we had last year, which were late game breakdowns on defense. Uh, struggles in the run game and inconsistent quarterback play. They've got to raise the bar in those areas. So I actually want to go to Brandy first on this one. Um, what what does seven and five mean to you next year in terms of overall team success and then what it will mean on the recruiting trail? Yeah, seven and five to me is improvement from last year. Um, like you said, I think it does matter how we get to seven and five if if that is what our final record shows. But I think that's improvement um, depending upon a few certain factors. But um, you know, if if seven and five happens, I 
there's I I just don't believe that Harson would get fired and I think if he did get fired because of seven and five like that would just be a really stupid decision by the university to do that that would not only hurt the program like long term it would hurt it in momentarily while you know it's going on so to me seven and five is improvement as long as getting there wasn't getting based off of flukes um mm. and I and I think seven and five can also mean, you know, seven wins is seven wins, regardless of, of how we won those games sometimes. So to me, I, I would be okay. And I'd be content with seven and five. I'm not expecting Harson to go out there and make the playoffs or New Year's six bowl. I'm expecting him to improve off of last season. And to me, that looks like seven and five. Right. Right. I think you can show improvement. The question is, can this team show improvement at seven and five? memes to, to answer your question. I think that's really the answer to your poll, right? Is how many people think that we can go seven and five and actually be an improved team? Because I, in my opinion, it's not all about record. Yeah. It was the intangibles here. And it's crazy because the very, very la- the people talking the loudest are definitely people that are just full of this absurd amounts of negativity huh. and the people who are just more positive, indifferent or patient, they're not, they're just, hey, we're going to wait and see. So you don't really need to vocalize about that. There's just some people who just had a bad taste in their mouth. Won't get into all that right now. Just my listeners out there, use your imagination as to uh, what might be going on with them. But the results of this poll is if Harson goes seven and five this season, Harson is blank. It was either fired, keeping his job, leave for another job. With nearly 1,200 votes, just under 21% said fired, just under 70% said keep his job. And then just under 10% said leave for another job. So that tells now let me, us with a pretty – oh, go ahead. No, yeah. let me interject here. That 21% memes, those are the people who never liked Harson. No, all right, yeah, there was no – Those people never liked him. You were never, never going to please those people. Right, yeah. I mean, those are the people that short of, short of winning the SEC West, they will never be happy. It's just negativity everywhere for them. And, yeah, that is just that bunch, and that is a very – very loud batch of people right now that is trying to muddy the waters. But judging by the results of this poll, I think most people have a pretty good grasp of like, Hey, he'll take his job. We even had some replies in there asking people to elaborate a little bit more on what they're thinking. And that seems to be the general consensus. So I'll sum up my idea of it and just some of the things people said, but with that record, and this was, this was before December or by December, this wasn't even a bowl game. So with all that considered, what this really looks like here, if it is that seven and five record, is what did that seven and five look like? What steps are there moving forward, or did we just barely scrape and claw getting to seven and five? Because that's kind of, I think everybody can unanimously agree if it's eight and above, everything should be in pretty good shape. If it's six mm-hmm. or below, it's definitely not looking good in the waters here because that's that's right at the cusp of are we hot or are we cold? And that's right at the warm place. But to me, what I see there is, are we at seven and five? Are we keeping all our assistant coaches? Are we keeping our coordinators? Are we keeping our recruits? Are we flipping recruits? Are we getting recruits? Do we feel like we're having momentum there? Did we, did our positions improve? Are we seeing actual development with the guys we have on the team? Are younger guys stepping up? Like, wow, that, that guy came out of nowhere. Are the guys who are supposed to be performing, performing at or above the level we we're expecting them to? Are we starting to get a lot of interest from guys going to the NFL? Mm-hmm. Are we really seeing the X's of O's? Are we seeing play calling looking better? We're not just seeing stupid, like, why did we run that trick play there? Why did we run a fade? Or, like, what are we on fourth and one? Just dumb things like that that had kind of plagued. I think we a lot of it, maybe rightfully so, got pushed on the shoulders of Mike Bobo. 
So if they can get rid of all that sort of stuff and actually have like really good, solid wins for those games and really good developments, which to me, I think if you have all that stuff going, you actually go above seven and five. But just for this conversation, what if here it's going to be in good shape. Now, if you're at seven and five and you see guys decommit, there's really no recruiting traction. You're losing you're losing recruits to very inferior schools from a conference and just a historic standpoint, you are, like I said, your coaches, you've got, you're losing the recruits. And then you have an ugly, some ugly wins. Like you barely scratched out one against, we'll say like a, we'll say Mississippi state. Like you barely, you, you got a lucky referee call, some stuff very similar to what kind of happened in 2020. Just, you won some really bad games. People are scratching their head. Like, man, we got seven wins, but like we could really be at four or five at just a few really ugly things didn't go our way. That's when I think it's it's bad news bears if all those things kind of happen. So I think it's a perfect storm either way. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's a lot more evidence leaning toward the better there. But if it's just a pretty hearty, like, hey, this was the season, we see a lot of reasons for improvement moving forward. I just do not see how the ne- the people who are just so negative can really think that. To me, it's just they're so fed up. They're trying to speak that into existence because they think yeah. – seven and five is a realistic record. And if I talk about this so much, like it's almost like it's going to, we're just going to, it, it will happen. And it, that's not, it's not how it works. Well, we weren't that far off from that record last year. Now I will say this. I want to keep this on recruiting, but um, I, t- I said, I told you that 21% to me are, are people who never liked Harson, but part of that group are the, the, um, the Bo Brigade. These are Bo Nicks people who feel like there's we don't have a quarterback on our roster that can be uh, equal Bo's productiveness, which to me was uneven at best. You know, he clearly had his best season last year, but that's not saying a lot. The bar was literally on the floor. So um, I liked Bo's upside, but I hated his floor. His floor was still too low for a third-year quarterback. I think that Calzada or Robbie or any anybody in our quarterback room right now can raise that floor going into next year. So it, it is what it is, you know, in terms of the negativity on social media, Brandy, I, I struggle with this. I struggle with not responding to a lot of the foolishness that I see on Twitter. Now memes wakes up every morning and chooses violence literally every day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he wakes up and chooses violence. Hacks. Uh, but uh, I'm a little bit more reserved because, you know, a lot of the 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 21 percent, we'll call them the 21 percent for the purposes of this discussion. They you're not going to change their mind. The only thing that will change their mind is an SEC West title. And like a Heisman trophy or something. That's it. But there has to be a healthy in between well, a batch of five make... stars, too. I think they're expecting that to happen as well. Well, no, but then you got to do something with those five stars as well. So, like, I, I think it's results on the field. It basically comes down to results on the field in terms of how people perceive the program. Like, you know, if you had to give it a percentage, Brandy, um, wait, wait, hold on. We're talking to the odds expert. <laughs> are there <laughs> odds around this? What are the odds that Auburn lands a top 15 class? Can we bet on this? <laughs> Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build.
together. We cannot bet on that. Okay. <laughs> um, I would love to bet on that. Yeah. Um, to harp on kind of like the 20, 21% of negative fans out there when it comes to Harson and, and whether he's going to be fired or not, or whether they think he's going to get, you know, or not get recruits. I think one, you're right about some of the um, people being like Bo Nick supporters and being frustrated that he transferred. But I think a, another portion of that um, group of people too are people that are still stuck on Gus and upset that he was fired and think that he should still be the coach. Um, so I think it's important for fans to kind of take a step back from their personal biases against or towards Harson, or maybe if Gus or Bo are involved in that and their biases too, take a step back and look and say, okay, this is going to be Brian Harson's second season as the football coach at Auburn and as a big SEC program that wasn't necessarily in shambles before when Gus left. I wouldn't call the program completely in shambles. We didn't have any trouble with the NCAA and it wasn't like we had four win seasons or anything like that, but we weren't competing um, on a national level, the way that Auburn historically has and should be. And I think that the correct decision was made there. So, but taking a step back from all of that and saying, okay, this is his second season here and it takes a while to get and build the program to where it should be. And I think Georgia, and I hate saying this because they are one of our rivals, but Georgia is the perfect example of, of that. Like they didn't just get five stars overnight immediately when Kirby Smart got there. It took him a while to start getting five-star recruits and to start building up his recruiting classes. And then eventually, like he just did last season, win a national championship. Mm. So I think when when we look at the future of Auburn, I actually think Georgia is a really good model to look at and kind of base our um, level of this is where our expectation should be. All of that in mind, Georgia has been competing in a little bit easier division within our conference in the East. But regardless of that, like when we're looking at recruiting and stuff, Harson is only in his second season at Auburn and he's not just going to get five stars overnight. That just doesn't happen. Right. I mean, that didn't even happen with Saban either. It takes a while to build a program and I would much rather have us go seven and five next season eight and four the season after and continue to improve off of that and continue building and getting better off of that instead of going out this season and going and winning a playoff game and or a national championship. Like I don't want a, some fluky season to happen. And, and then our expectations are like wildly high for the rest right. of the year. I want him to have, I want us as fans to have realistic expectations and say, okay, well, seven and five is okay next year and maybe two years down the road. It's not, but this season it's okay. And we can build off of that. And that, and that could create momentum. I think it's important as fans to be realistic about Harson. Well, what you're talking about is um, a reflection of what actual recruiting is like. We, we never know how good a recruiting class is until two to three years after that class has been in college, because those kids take time to develop. So if you're, if you're rebuilding a program, it's not it's I don't think it's crazy to think that it might take two or three years to get to sustained success rather than flash in the pan success, which is what we've had over the um, the last 20 years. Now, I will tell you, Auburn's longest streak of sustained success was 2000, the class of 2003, uh, 2003 to 2007. Those teams won more games than any other four to five year stretch in Auburn football history. And 
recruiting and talent development were pretty they were they were pretty solid during those years. What Auburn had a problem with was holding on to coordinators during those years because every time we had a coordinator do something good, they would bolt for another pro- program. Uh, I don't you, you guys. This is a uh, predates you guys a little bit. I'm I'm the dinosaur here of the group. But 2002, we had Bobby Petrino. He was a quarterback wizard. He had one great year of success. Took a head coaching job at Louisville. Uh, we had a gap there with um, some internal promotions at offensive coordinator, and then they went out and got Al Borges' undefeated season, just like that. Uh, Borges, you know, got that team to a number two ranking after that season in, in 2006. I mean, they had some success after that, and the game just kind of passed Tuberville by going into 07, 08. It, it, I mean, it was it was really tough on him. It was time for us to make a change. So. We bring in Gus at offensive coordinator and they start building something and they get a a once in a lifetime player in Cam Newton. It results in a national championship, but that was the most improbable national championship in the history of college football. Literally. I love that 2010 team, but yeah, uh, some people want to bash me for this. The 04 team takes the 2010 team to the woodshed as a team. Right. Cam was great, but he could he did get slowed down at points that season. And I think that the 04 team had the run game to keep Cam off the field so that he didn't kill you. And I'll die on that hill. But after 2010, you couldn't sustain that success because that system requires the best athlete in the world at quarterback. 2013, they catch lightning in a bottle. Same thing. But. It was a steep drop off from uh, 13 and two or wherever we ended up. Our record was to eight and five the very next year. And then there were the Sean White, Tyler Queen, Jeremy Johnson years, uh, the dark ages, two years in the dark ages and Jarrett Stidham. But you had to go out and you got to you had to get a Juco. So talent development takes time. They've got a kid that they really like that they recruited last year. His name is Holden Gariner. And what I love the most about this kid is we're not going to stick him out there next year, expecting him to save our program like we did with Bo in 2019. Guys, Bo wasn't ready. And I believe if Parson is our coach, Malik Willis plays and Bo sits for at least a year. Or at least most of the season until we know that Malik isn't going to be the guy. And then you bring Bo in after you've had a chance to kind of bring him along and you see what he can do, but you don't hurt his development by throwing him out there too early. And then he's digging out of this hole. So recruiting, digging out of a recruiting hole is a multi-year process. And convincing kids to come here is a combination of uh, fit and culture, uh, geography, and on-field results. Currently, we don't have the on-field results, so it's going to be really tough. Uh, and, and I think that a lot of the, the naysayers' memes on social media, that's what they're stuck on. They're stuck on the on-field results. They think we should have we we, we won the West last year. And, and, you know, we had hope going into November last year that it could be something. Uh, our dreams were dashed suddenly. But, um, you know, if you had to make a list of three things that could turn the naysayers – on social media about the uh, 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 the trajectory of this program, what would those three things be? What does Auburn need to do? I'll take this one first. So, yes. 
the three things Auburn has to do to turn like for Auburn has to do to just turn it around for fans. Now help me help me with this question. Give me a deadline. Say by this date, these things need to happen. To keep it a little by, bit more uh, by the bowl game. By the bowl game. <laughs> oh, we, by the bowl we'll game. Know, yeah, yeah. So you got the season. What three things do they need to accomplish this season to change uh, program perception? If you really want to, if you really want to change that perception, I mean, honestly, and this is going to be, I'm going to explain what these things are umbrella, but they're the top, top, top priority is that Harson and the staff, like these are the guys, these are the guys that are here to stay. What is the top thing right now for just football success? It is program stability across the board. And obviously that's keeping your coaches as long as you can. And to me, there's a lot of people like, well, you know, Harson, when he's got an opportunity, he's going to dip out of here. I just, I have a hard time believing that. I mean, I think this is a guy who has committed. He just seems different than that. And that's why I've got a lot of faith. Cause like, this is what Auburn needs is someone who is bigger than all that. And if he is committed to the program, there needs to be the reflection needs to show that the, the program is committed to him. That's mm-hmm. what all these things are really going to be pointing to. So first of all, your record, if you get eight or more wins right there, that stuff's set in stone. You got the record. You made it happen. The second thing, of course, and I think with these sort of things, chicken and the egg type situation, you do that, the recruiting will come to follow. Because one of his big, the biggest thing that the naysayers are saying is the recruiting, the recruiting, the recruiting. They're good coaches. They don't know how to recruit. It's all about recruiting in football. Asterisks with that one there. I think that's going to have to be with NIL. I'm not saying that is a uh, one of my three points as well, but that would be like mm-hmm. my two five point would be like NIL has to sort of propel recruiting. So I'm kind of cheating a little bit and adding an extra one in there, but you do those things. You sort of build that consistency there. And then I think you've really got to, you've got to have that. You've really got to bring that culture back to what is Auburn. And you've got to really focus on those intangibles there. So it is the, and this is going to be a little bit more open for interpretation. This is going to be a little bit more of the Auburn mystique is what is that thing that makes Auburn Auburn? And you even heard Gus mention that when COVID hit and they weren't able to get recruits there and they said it was just really killing us. We can't get guys on campus. Like that was all always our selling point where guys come and visit Auburn and like, man, this, this feels different. And that kind of comes in the air. It comes with fan energy. It comes with the energy in that stadium. It comes with the staff, the players across the board you got to get all and like i said i think that's the last thing to get back to it to where everybody really feels like all right we're kicking on all cylinders now we're united we're ready to go we're back and it's funny you kind of see you see arkansas having that after just being in the pits with chad morris for a while they're kind of getting that moxie as a program because they just really feel like sam Pittman's doing something they haven't seen in a long time and auburn has not really had that just unanimous feeling across the board with everybody. So if you can just get everybody bought in and really just have that culture back to where recruits and it's just everywhere feeling like Auburn's got a smojo back. Those three things by the bowl game, I think you're cooking with fire at that point. If you're not bought in by that point, you're just, you're just living as a contrarian and you just want to be difficult and different. <laughs> Brandy, give me your three things. What does Auburn have to do to change, uh, perception of the program this season yeah so in no particular order um i think player development is probably one of my top three player development is going to drive recruiting in a lot of instances um but now that harson has had some time there he has the guys there who actually want to be there i want to see by the bowl game 
guys from Auburn being talked about taken in the first, second, and third rounds of the draft. And, you know, potentially maybe uh, see a running back get invited to New York. That would be really awesome. But but seriously, though, player development, I think, would be huge on the recruiting trail and would just speak to the type of coach that Harson is and the type of program that he's building. So mm. player development would be huge, especially for the guys that have been there now for two years with him. Um, the second thing, this is going to be super cliche, but this is going to shut up a lot of those casual fans that don't necessarily believe in Harson. And that's just win football games, like win the games that we should be winning. Mm-hmm. Um, those games that were favored in um, by odds in Vegas, like win those games um, and win games that we maybe aren't supposed to win in ways that aren't necessarily flashy or by luck. But, you know, one or two upsets in the season, I think would be would be really key to getting some guys like back on his side um, or some fans rather back on his side. Um, and then memes already said this one, so I won't harp on it for too long, but um, just program stability. We saw so many offensive coordinators go through when Gus was the coach and, yeah. we saw, and, and honestly, like just so many support staff too. Like we need guys who want to coach at Auburn and that's going to drive recruiting, but that's also going to drive the development piece of that. That's going to drive winning games. Like that is such a big piece in a program is stability. Um, and so I do think Carson has a great staff now. And one of the things that memes said too, is just, you know, defining Auburn and getting back like to what makes Auburn Auburn. And one of the things like getting, getting guys on campus and showing them like what Auburn is, is important. And one of the reasons that Cadillac chose Auburn instead of, you know, over Alabama or Tennessee is because he came to games and it was, he was shown that he loved it there. So yeah. I think that's going to happen on its own. Um, but the other three things I think, yeah, are really key to getting these naysayers to, to be quiet. Getting recruits to games is an underrated um, recruiting tool. We had a number of recruits uh, that came in in this last class that got invited to the Iron Bowl last year. And even in a loss, they talked about how crazy the environment was and how they just had to play here. Um, in that environment, we were competitive in that game. It was it wasn't a offensive explosion. It was a low scoring defensive slugfest. It went the four overtimes. But I think the kids could picture themselves being the difference maker on a team that came so close to winning so many games. And I think that that's going to be the key um, for me. You know, I kind of stated, you know, stop the the late season defensive, the late game uh, defensive breakdowns, you know, have a quarterback in the top third of the league uh, and, you know, show clear development there because you, you cannot win consistently in our league with a game manager at quarterback unless you have five stars surrounding him. So that's not we're not going to be there for a while. So we need a better than average quarterback. I think uh, to, 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 to get this thing going, but it's really, you know, for me, I think it just comes down to um, kids need to be able to picture themselves coming in and being the difference maker on a team. That's this close. My, my commitment will make a difference. I can picture myself, you know, uh, and that's the greatest recruiting pitch. I think a coach like Harson has is, is that, you know what? No, we're not where we need to be, but we would be if we had you. If we had you at quarterback last year, we would win the Iron Bowl. 
If we had you at running back last year, our run game's better. If we had you at wide receiver, we don't drop so many balls. That is a great, you know, and, and recruits start to picture themselves and say, okay, they have a plan for how they want to use me, and there's a hole to fill. Because let me tell you, as many five stars as Alabama and Georgia gets, they can't all play there. Texas A&M got the greatest class of all time last year. I promise you by the end of next season, by bowl game, at least seven to 10 of those kids will be in the portal thinking I'm going to be sitting behind all these other guys for years and years and years before it's my turn. Saban doesn't necessarily have that problem because he's got a proven track record of getting guys to the NFL. They have a pipeline. So guys don't mind sitting in that program, but that's not the reality everywhere else though. Kids want to play now. I think the staff has to show a clear path to playing time. Um, you know, and you've got to be able to convince some kids to come and sit. If you're a star quarterback, you're going to have to co convince some guys you're going to have to come and sit for a year or two because we do have somebody right now that is better than you. And when it's your turn, you'll be that guy and you can be secure in your spot when you win the job because we took the time to develop you. I just think this is such an interesting discussion around recruiting because the main, you know, I want to close out today talking about the main criticism on this staff or one of the main criticisms has been, can they recruit in the SEC, not having ties to the Southeast? Um, you know, where, where does Auburn have to finish in recruiting memes to shut up some of the naysayers? If we, you know, we know that it's more than just stars and ranks, but you're not going to be able to move the average fan off of that. So like, where does this coaching staff have to finish in recruiting to, uh, Shut shut some of the naysayers up. It's going to be top fifteen for them. I mean, if it's if it's top fifteen, they're still going to. If it's not top fifteen, they're still going to have a chip on their shoulder. If it's fourteen mm -hmm. or higher, I think that will give them at least for a little while the okay. We're feeling better about this. I personally think Auburn should be striving for that top twenty. I think top twenty at this point is still very attainable. And a little asterisk with recruiting, though, there really is still no way to gauge for how transfers play into recruiting classes. Like, that's mm -hmm. not actually really ranked into how they factor these in yet, just because it's so new. So there is a little bit of an asterisk there because the staff could clean up in the transfer portal. And I think they did a decent job developing guys in the transfer portal uh, last year. You guys actually uh, talked about that on an episode earlier in the week, or I guess last week now. I don't even know what my days are anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important thing for recruiting for transfers, especially. So there still is that if recruiting isn't where it wants to be, you still have that in the bag. And it seems like the staff has brought in good guys with the transfer portal and Juco. So if things just don't really kick how they need to get going by the right time, you still have a really, really good, I don't, I don't, I don't even like calling it a fallback because it's, so integral to what the game's becoming now you've still got a whole different round of ways to a well in a sense to bring guys in so they have already shown that they can do that two years in a row so i feel pretty confident for them getting out there i think if the big thing in that is that the staff once again like i said shows they'll be around you still have that to happen to as well so if you're not outside of 15 i think you're still going to have some nanane coming around but yeah like I said, there's still plenty of even if that's not the case, there's still there's still plenty out there with the transfer portal that just does not mean it is all doom and gloom for Auburn if it doesn't go exactly perfect. 
Brandy, what do you think? Where does the staff have to finish in recruiting to 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 shut up the naysayers? Yeah, I, I agree with memes. I, I'd say top 15, and I'm on the same page as him. I would personally be happy with top 20 and attacking the transfer portal. Um, you know, when you look at Gus's recruiting numbers, like they weren't that great and people still loved him. So, um, I you know, top 15 is what I would say. I would be ecstatic with the top 15 recruiting class this season um, or t- for 2023. Um, but I think realistically top 20 is a good landing spot for – I'll be happy with top 15. I think it's going to take top 10 to shut up some of these people who are crying because I'll tell you what, um, be something <laughs> the, 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 the next be something. level, to, the next levels of that guys is where we rank within the sec. And when you're talking about recruiting and you look at those top 10 schools, you know, finishing 10 and recruiting could still be fifth in the sec and recruiting um, my re- rebuttal to a lot of those people who are, you know, not giving them that grace is, is that uh, there's very little difference between the 10th class and like the fifth class. Sometimes the way they rank uh, recruiting classes, just having one more three-star than another school can jump you in the rankings, even though you have a higher average star ranking than some of the schools ranked in front of you. So it just is what it is. Um, I love this discussion, guys. Uh, as always, I want to thank Brandy Mack and Auburn Beans for joining me on the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report podcast. Check us out next week as recruiting heats up. We're going to be back with you guys every Wednesday talking about what's happening in the Auburn stratosphere. So, uh, guys, we're signing off. Until next week, War Eagles. You are now now.